0: Welcome everybody to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast, at number ninety-eight with Marshall Welton. Marshall, of course, uh, almost got a top ten there in four hundred and fifty MX in Indiana. Had a good day, nevertheless. Showed up at Unadilla and on two hundred and fifty and put got some points. And then, of course, uh, was up in Canada all summer racing in MX two there and uh, did some East Coast two hundred and fifty Supercross. So he's a good dude. I Thought we'd uh, touch base with him, find out what's going on with him and and everything else. Thanks to uh, FXR Racing. For sponsoring this podcast, Pulp 30 at fxrracing.com to uh, save yourself some money and uh, go there and uh, use the code anything at FXR Racing. I think it works out. So 2020 gear is out now. Of course, you see a lot of riders wearing it, uh, from Luke Reslin to Filthy Phil to Marshall himself. FXR Racing, designed by racers for racers. Again, use the code Pulp MX35, racetech.com. Pulp19 is a code to say get your suspension service, get your oil changed, get the revalve done, get motor work done, get your motor rebuilt. Pulp19 will save you at racetech.com. They've got a long line of history of racers, be it privateers, be it factory, be it teams, whatever it is. Racetech.com will have you dialed in. Thanks to Namira as well. Their industry leading top end repair kits offer everything you need to rebuild your top end at a price that will keep you riding every single weekend. Pistons with an attitude. No matter the budget, from the professional race shops to privateer garages, Namira has you and your wallet covered. Full line of cast and forged pistons for every MX application you can think of. Namira.com, N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Skosh, as well as on board with us. Skosh, uh, proud sponsor of the Rockstar Husky team, of course. Skosh.com, use the code Pulp25 at checkout. Check out these um, these, uh, boom bottles they have. They uh, have a can opener or a bottle opener on them. they got a magnet on one end. They're great for the garage. They're great for the boat. They're great for the van. Uh, I've got three of them all around my house and in my garages and stuff. So, yeah, it um, it works well. Uh, scotch.com, Pulp25 at checkout to save money with those guys. And Maxis, Maxis Tires. Mountain bike tires, dirt bike tires, light truck tires, trailer tires, UTVs. Uh, MXST, used by AJ Cantanzaro and Supercross, so you know they're pretty good. Developed by The King, Jeremy McGrath, so you know they're pretty good there, too. Um They work really really well, and uh, thanks to um, those guys for coming on the podcast. Thanks to you people for listening as well. All right, here we go. Number 98 with Marshall Welton. All right, now, as promised, on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life, number 98, it's Marshall Welton. We did one earlier in Supercross catching back up with uh, a real good guy in the pits and uh, a guy I'm really happy that uh, he ended the season on a high note. Marshall, what's going on, man? How are you?
1: Not much. Hey, I just, I wasn't sure if you meant this was private tier podcast 98 or what, the nine, if I'm actually number 98 for next year.
0: Well, that's really funny you brought that up because my first thing was, it's ironic because you should be somewhere around there,
1: right? Like,
0: this is number I 98, so. but, but I think you will be
1: 97, 98, or 99. That'd be cool. Yeah, I haven't looked at the numbers, but it right. would be cool to be a two digit.
0: Yeah, I think you will. Like, we put it up on Pulp, like a preliminary list. If AC takes nine, that'll help you out, you know. But um,
1: yeah,
0: so how good does that eleventh feel in the final moto of the year for you?
1: Ah, it feels pretty sweet, actually. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's cool to like pass into the top ten for a little bit, and I didn't like, you know, I actually moved into that position. I didn't, I didn't just like fade back. So it's cool to run that pace and kind of show myself. And I mean, that pace is incredible for how fast those guys go for the whole moto. It's I, I train with Phil and, you know, the top guys all the time. So it's not really a shock of how fast they're going. But for me to actually, like, be in that range for a little bit, it's kind of refreshing in a way because it's, like, you know, reassuring that I can do it, but it's, kind of get beat down sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, right? Um, it, 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 it is tough. This sport, is it can get that way. Um, so you I was watching you off the start. I had you in fantasy, in my pulp mix fantasy, of course. But <clears throat> I was up in an outchers tower behind the gate. And you Appreciate were that. and you were right, you were right, kind of in the middle of there. So I don't know why I just fi- I fixated on you and who are you beside uh, someone else? Bloss. Yeah, um,
1: Bloss and maybe Tomac.
0: Yeah, I think you Tomac was got on your right. Date. Bloss was on the yeah, left. Tomac yeah, Tomac to my right. Anyways, so I happened to just be watching that, and dude, you got a terrible start.
1: It was <laughs> pathetic. Yeah, I've been doing one foot starts all season. Uh huh, and. I don't know. I just, I'm like, you know what? I haven't had good starts. I'm going to go back to a two foot start right now and try it. Feet off the back, basically in my rear tire. It was pathetic. And I don't know what I did. I just kind of worked my way into the middle. And then I think on the, on the insides and the outsides in the next turn, everybody got bunched up and I just jolted right through the yeah. middle. And all of a sudden I'm like, hey, alright.
0: <laughs> I don't know how you did it, man. It was uh, it was impressive for sure. So um Thanks. Yeah, you you managed to to, to, to to do it pretty well. It uh so the moto, you know you're up there, right? Like you said, you're passing in the top ten for a little bit, you're battling with Freddie and you're battling with some different guys. How was the pace? How did you feel? I mean, were you were you perfectly fine with that? Were you surprising yourself? How was all that?
1: Um well I haven't really ridden the 450 and maybe four yeah four months now i yep. just kind of jumped on it as a, a last minute uh, just go have fun type of deal and they definitely the way they exit the turns they're not easy or smooth on the bike mm-hmm. when you when you're behind those guys and they're exiting there's no rolling on the throttle or just being easy with it it's they're just full wide open to a clutch jump in almost every one of the ruts yeah so that's uh it was kind of like a shock to me in a sense of how aggressive <laughs> they are being with the throttle yeah and it's no wonder they need to get their clutches and stuff done after every race because when yeah. you know like it was it was just a a bit of a an eye-opener to me with how aggressive they were on the exits of their turns with the 450s because i mean on a 250 you can be that aggressive and you don't think of it as much, but when the 450, it's like you have to really brace yourself to hold on when you're just jolting out of the turns like that. Mm-hmm. So that was for me being it was is my first 450 race, really. So that that was that was probably the biggest uh, eye opener is how hard they hit the gas. Yeah,
0: uh, fitness was good, or did you did you find yourself hanging yeah, on a little fit-
1: bit? Uh, you know, I want to say fitness was good, but I I couldn't quite hold my best pace for oh you know i i think the fitness was fine i think i just needed to be a little bit smarter with my lines Mm because i got stagnant with uh because they tilled some of the track and if i would have just opened up some of the sections i think i could have maintained a little bit better pace for longer um but at the end i mean i was i was struggling i really had to dig in the last (laughs) four or five laps um yeah and it wasn't even that hot so i mean right I I felt good. I left it all out on the track.
0: No, that's good. Yeah, for sure. And so we talked to you after the race, obviously on the uh, on the Pulpcast stock bike. I mean, suspension was done. Obviously, there's no there's no way a guy can take a stock suspension and go do that. And you had a slip on muffler, and that's mm-hmm.
1: it. Yep. I actually I can say that uh, you can go out there with stock suspension and do it because Harry Coolis. I don't know if you know who that yeah. Is, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. He's, fin- he's is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. finished Yeah.
1: Yep, he's a great racer. He, uh, last year at Nations, I, I lived like underneath of Harry when I lived in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an apartment right underneath where I lived, and he just had a completely stock bike with stock suspension. He's really tight with Tenno Leoc. Teno Leoc does all the testing for mm-hmm. the Husqvarna, like production bikes, and okay. he goes, like, he, he told Harry, He's like, Harry, I'm telling you. You need to just try the stock suspension and like harry for some reason didn't listen to him didn't listen and then jumped on it one day he's like man this is so good and he rode all of his races he did in europe on stock suspension and then he went over and did nations at redbud last year and he borrowed my buddy dustin Fick, and he's uh just a michigan rider he's Uh he's a good guy but they worked a deal out where harry just rented his bike to ride at nations And Dustin put his stock suspension on the bike and Harry went out and he he was like sixth and fifth in the uh-huh 450 class Jeez. and pass bar so it was like that's unreal yeah i don't know crazy. i don't know how one does that but i can say that you can do that on stock suspension i don't think i ever could but yeah yeah what does he weigh
0: what is coolest ways it's pretty small guy mm. but but he's
1: about 165
0: still that's impressive man stock valving springs everything Jeez, that's yeah
1: it was mind-blowing to
0: me Yeah, the big jumps there, there was big jumps out there you know? Yeah, Jesus. Red Bud wasn't an easy
1: track last year
0: No, for holy shit Wow, good job Harry Kulis Who's either Estonian or Finnish I don't really know Estonian, He's... that's what it is Yeah, Estonian yeah. Well, no, but he he wasn't Finland for a while He rode Finland
1: I think he has dual Yeah, he has dual, I think dual uh, right? Citizenship
0: Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but going back to you So, yeah, it's, again, the 450s, man They're great uh, Production stuff is great A slip-on muffler And some modified suspension And you're running top 10 450.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool to think of actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so I got conflicting reports on the track. Like some guys really liked it. Some guys just said it was way too ruddy, way too slot carish. Um they got some yeah, rain, babies. you know. <laughs> what, where do you stand on that? How what'd you think of I'm the place?
1: Big fan of the track. I don't know how you could ask for much more out of a, a race facility. I mean, the options were everywhere. I mean, there's passing. You know, there. If you wanted to pass somebody, all you really had to do was set them up. There wasn't one mm-hmm. line in any any section. And I think the technicality of it, you needed to have a good bike set up. And I, you know, I I can't complain one bit about this track. Yeah. I thought it was amazing.
0: Okay, all right. So did did it seem slot carish too Ruddy or no?
1: Um. No. Okay. I thought it was just technical.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, man. Yeah. Good. Good to end the the year on a positive note for you. Uh, you rode two fifties at Unadilla, and broke top twenty both motos. Um, what's the difference between the two classes?
1: Thanks. Um, the intensity, tenth to twentieth place. I think I was battling with factory guys all the way up until like twentieth place in the
0: in the two fifties.
1: Yep. At Unadilla, so they bring the intensity like i mean kyle peters were banging each other off the track for 15th place in that second <laughs> moto so yeah. it's just like and we're best friends of that too so um i'd say just how hard the 250 guys you know how deep that goes yeah. and how much they want it for every single position mm-hmm. and uh i think that just the just intensity is higher in the 250 class from those mid positions i think that the elite guys in the 450s are are of course they're better than the elite yep. 250 guys but um from i'd say eight to uh, eight to 20 in that 250 classes just all out all the time
0: yeah yeah i think you're probably right let me ask you this so as a privateer uh you know you showed up on, you you had your canadian you had your canadian race bike at unidiller or was it a what was it a practice bike
1: it was my Canadian race bike at Unadilla.
0: Okay, so you're racing with Kyle Peters who's a factory Suzuki guy and, and like you said, you're racing with factory guys like T L D guys and Rockstar Husky guys and mm-hmm. they're all around you at Unadilla. How much how much do you think their bikes are better than yours, or at all? What what how did you how did you act for that?
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. Um I I know it's done to my bike. Mm-hmm. I've never really tested a factory two fifty to to give a fair analysis. I know I I just have a you know, Jamie Ellis hooked me up with a—I mean, I bought it, but he—he he just got it to me quick. We put a head on the uh, 250, raced—you uh, know—with a ECU and a Yoshimer exhaust and Pro Six. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing that's really extraordinary, and I had the same suspension on that I used at Ironman. So it's 250 suspension on the 450. Um, so I mean, it was—it, I think my setups. It's, it's great, but there's always room for improvement for a factory team. Course, I think yeah. the bike could probably just be a little more plush and a mm-hmm. little bit more hit, a little more torque everywhere to help, right. help in those situations. But on a track like Unadilla, I don't think the power is really helping you that much. I think it's more of a chassis setup that's going to mm-hmm. make you uh, go a lot faster because I could have had the fastest 250 in the world, and I don't think it would have made me go – that much better i think a better chassis setup Mm -hmm. just a little more testing and everything i I, i'm not trying to knock my suspension or anything i think just when you when those teams test you know multiple times a week and get it dialed in super good it probably helps a little more
0: no absolutely yeah they have a bunch of
1: i'm a big fan of my setup now with mark johnson Mm -hmm. but uh i think that when you test chassis and suspension a couple times a week um you know it's hard to compare when you're working on it every single day with a bike so i think that would help the setup up on a track like Dillo when it's that gnarly
0: yeah absolutely right um yeah there's a bunch of smart guys standing around trying to help you get better whether it's linkage uh-huh. shock fork whatever it is clamps you know races you know what i mean so uh-huh. it's all things that yeah the local guy can't really do so uh i, I hear you i feel you um so did you talk to Phil anymore, or was he? Was it just that one text that said about time, or whatever it was after that eleventh?
1: Um, yeah, I talked to him a little more. He's just being a super dick after Moto One because <laughs> I, I, uh, I think I told you, but I mean, I installed my triple clamps on my four fifty and. I don't know what I did. Like I, I install it exactly the same as I did on my 250, and I think on the 450 you need to put a spacer in there uh-huh. to give it, a, give the threads a little more help. And um, I didn't put a spacer in the 450, so it started just knocking around in the stem moto one, and if oh, I hit a bump. It was just clunking everywhere. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's really on me, but I. would i didn't know in practice i wasn't doing it because i had the little o-ring in there and i think the o-ring was holding it together yeah yeah. and the moto i think the the o-ring shredded Uh and um yeah it was just clunking and then my steering nut started to come loose and super (laughs) sketchy so i ended up yeah i just rode around to finish the moto and i think i was in 20th but i just fell so many times it was embarrassing so after i did that he he really chewed my ass i'm like well my triple class release. He's like, "That's your fucking fault. You should have had that figured out." <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil, you're right.
0: Yeah. But, Once yeah, again, Phil, sometimes. you're right. <laughs>
1: you are right. You've never had anything bad happen to you before. No, like. no, never. Right?
0: <laughs> um. So what's uh what's the plan for the off season? Uh, you got anything going on, or or what's the uh, what's the uh, what's on the agenda?
1: Um. Currently, it's pretty open. I. I'm going to race Baja Brawl this weekend. Oh, nice. I live an hour away from yep. that track. It was my home track growing up. So I'm going to race that and go have some fun with my little brother. i um, going to just stay there all weekend, sleep in my van, and after that, head back to Charlotte. And I'll plan on just doing base prep for, for whatever. I don't really have anything I'm preparing for mm-hmm. right now. Maybe Supercross, maybe not. I'm waiting on some stuff to come through with Canada. I'd like to secure a deal to race up there next year, but... If that doesn't come through, I'm just gonna grind on my bicycle, yeah, and, and in the gym and do what I can to stay fit. So,
0: so yeah, so Montreal, Quebec, and Hamilton, you you'll see about. Is that what you're talking about? Getting a ride for those last three, or you mean Supercross next um, year?
1: I would. I w- no, I would go race up in Canada for the next three Supercrosses. Yeah, but, but as of right now, I don't have anybody that's really interested in doing that. So I don't think it's worth it for me to go race the stock 450 for those next three races. Mm-hmm. And those, it's a lot of driving and yep. a lot of expense to go ra- race against when I'd have to go race against guys like Mookie or JB and, yeah. you know, even Phil, like there's, there's some serious hitters in the uh-huh. 450 class there. I don't think there's a lot of return on, on that. So I, I mean, I wouldn't mind prepping for a 250 season again, if uh, everything lined up, if mm-hmm. I don't get to go race in Canada, but the ultimate goal is to go race in Canada in the 250 class next year and go for the championship.
0: Right. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Fourth in the points, you won a round. Um, you know, it was a it was an eight race series up there, of course. And uh, you had kind of shitty one round. I don't know, it was Gopher or something. What what happened? I think one of the rounds. Um,
1: um Sandalio was Sanderley. bad. I had a DNF.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, bike issue. So, what'd you think? Uh, like I said, fourth. fourth fourth, fourth overall you were only uh 17 points out of uh second place pettis got second uh dylan wright was Mm -hmm. great all year long he was uh, head and shoulders the best guy but you were right there for a runner-up spot uh what what was your experience like
1: yeah dylan earned it um i mean it's hard to dispute he won like eight out of the 10 last motos i think so Mm -hmm. he's was killing it but uh I think I really had a contention for that second place spot if we eliminate that bike. Yeah. Bike DNF. But, um, I mean, it's kind of is what it is now. You can't look back on stuff like that and dwell on it. Um, I, I think it was fun, though. I mean, the first three races, I had a blast. Yep. Um, went into the East Coast, and I really had higher expectations for Gopher. I thought I'd probably smash it there, but when <laughs> I started, I started in 20th place each moto, and yeah. it just made it hard on myself, so by the time I moved up into that fourth place spot, it, it was already too late. The leaders were 25 seconds ahead of me, so... Yeah. I, I really had higher expectations, but I thought the tracks were really good, excluding maybe one or two of them that were pretty local. Yep. But I thought I had a good time racing. I, right. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, uh, four podiums, including that win. Like I said, out of eight rounds, uh, it was a good season for you. It was competitive. Like I went to Calgary and uh, I, I saw you. Like Pettis was was injured and he was getting better and all that. But between yourself and Osby and Resland and Dylan, uh, until he kind of kind of took control, like it was. It was some deep racing, and we hadn't seen. I don't know how closely you follow the Canadian race. We hadn't seen that in the MX2 for a while, so it was seemed like a you know pick a guy out of a hat and and where you start, uh, it could be anybody, and and that was cool to see.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think we're all really close with uh, for sure. There's about five five of us that are right there, all close to each other, and I I mean it's it's fun racing against those guys yep. all season.
0: Yeah. Uh, Laid back series, huh? Laid back, uh pretty casual. Every everything is run up there.
1: It is. I don't mind that part. It's just my biggest complaint. It's sometimes they they just kind of make things up as they go, <laughs> and it's like in uh, in Sandalee, I had that bike DNF in Moto One, and I really it was hot. It was like conditions where I thought I'd be thriving, and all of a sudden, as they're going down the starting line. You know, one guy kind of shouts out to the crowd, and he's your boy, actually. He goes, yo, it's too hot. We need to shorten up the motos. And I'm thinking, like, are you serious right now? We're only doing 25 plus yeah. to begin with. Yeah. And Who was it? Who, and,
0: who yelled that?
1: And, uh, the Number five. What? Number five, did.
0: Dude, he's ripped. He's in shape. Yep. He's in, like, mega shape. That's, he's King Cycle guy. Wow. Sur- I was
1: shocked, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised because, yeah, he, that dude's in shape. So, uh, huh. yeah, for people who don't know, the MX2 class in Canada, because it used to be a regional series. It used to be East-West. It's 25 minutes, and it's way less purse money than 450s. It makes zero sense, and I really thought the Rockstar Triple Crown guys, when they took over from the CMRC, would make it same pay, same amount of minutes because it's a national class. But nope. They don't do that, and it boggles my mind. And then, like you said, they shortened Sandalee, and Phil lost his mind because they shortened the four hundred class. Also, like, yeah, that was weird. That was weird.
1: Well, they just they... yeah, just the way they went about it was kind of screwy yeah. because we're on the we're on the line <laughs> setting our whole shot devices. You know, taking right. about to go out for our sighting lap, and it's like. We're shortening the motos. It's too hot out.
0: Tyler says so. Tyler says so. (laughs)
1: Well, it all started because of him. You know, he brought the idea, and then Daryl, the referee, looks like he's about to have a heat stroke. Like you can tell, he's dying, and it's it's like, oh, I get it's hot out, but guys, come on.
0: Right, right, and and again, you're not doing thirty. You guys aren't doing thirty. Um, jeez, ah.
1: yeah. There's just, that, and then the Minnedosa incident when they canceled Moto Two because they didn't have the track markers. Yeah. Um. There's some little. There's some yeah, little yeah, things, yeah. but I I think overall the series was great this year, though.
0: Yeah, they, they're working. They're trying hard. I the, the the yeah the Manitoba round was weird because everyone was still riding. They were still jumping jumps. I don't. Yes, it was muddy. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's weird, man. Um. You wrote for Sky, uh Sky Huskavarna team this year, you and Cade Clayson. How'd you and Cade uh gel? Well,
1: I thought I think we did about as good as we could do together. Yeah. I've known Cade for a long time, but we didn't have any blowouts. Um, we had fun. I enjoyed it with Kate actually.
0: Yeah. And then uh is there a chance going back there next year or are you looking for something else?
1: Uh I have no no clue, honestly. No yep. uh no, one way or the other. He hasn't talked about anything in the future with me yet, so um, still. See what happens? He's seeing, seeing what's happened, yeah.
0: Did you did you want to stay on Husqvarna, or does it matter? Would you ride anything? Did you love the Husqvarna? I'll ride anything. Yeah.
1: I just want a good team behind me is all. Right. Um, I think that's the biggest part with uh, you know parts and stock and having a good mechanics and everything ready. That's really mm-hmm. the biggest priority. But I, I'm a big fan of the Husqvarna. I like the Husqvarna KTM.
0: Right, uh, was there any difference now? Oh, look, obviously it's two fifty four fifty, but you rode a Husqvarna in Canada all summer, and then you jump on a KTM four fifty. You rode a Husqvarna at Unadilla, and it's obviously two fifty four fifty, but do they act the same in some ways, or was it really weird to,
1: to no, jump? It's a really easy transition. Okay, so
0: it was easy. They are there, there; wasn't that big of a deal.
1: No, it's almost identical.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I, it'd be good to see you up in Canada for those Supercross rounds for sure. You know, um. That would that would be good to see you do that and then you could see where you rank overall for the for the Rockstar Triple Crown for the whole entire thing. You know? Yeah, so.
1: I just didn't do the arena crosses, so I don't qualify for the triple crown. That's why I'm not really too worried about it.
0: Yeah, true.
1: I um, think you need to, to participate in like one one arena cross at least, uh to be eligible for the Triple Crown series.
0: Yep. Hey, what about going back to Europe? Obviously you aged out, but uh, would you sniff around a little bit? Would you, would that be something you'd want to do? Uh, you seem happy to be back in America after spending some time over there, but w- what about that?
1: Um, I think I mean I would have with the right situation. I just it's tough being over there when you're not making much money and you're. Mm-hmm. If you're on a good team, it, it helps a lot. But uh, I I switched to that FNH Kawasaki team. It was about halfway through the year last summer and. It's just like a breath of fresh air of how you know how nice it can be when you have a full team around you supporting you. Right. And if I could be in another situation like that, then I would I would love to go back. But if it's all on my own and I'm basically doing a privateer effort, then I'd rather just do a privateer effort here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh look, I like Europe. I go there three four times a year. I enjoy visiting. I love the history of it. I've been a ton of places over there, but I I'll take North America any day. <laughs> I really, I just, I mean, look, you can, you can, everyone can get mad at me or whatever. I don't care. I don't, didn't grow up there. It's, I, we just had Jet Lawrence on the Pulp Show. Uh And he was talking about the, you know, the inconvenience of living in Europe and how the family was based in Belgium and all of this. And, and again, I appreciate it. I like going there for short doses, but I, I could never live in Europe, Marshall. Never.
1: I, uh, I, I, the thing is when you're there by yourself it, it makes it tougher but if you're there with the right people it, it's great but when you don't you don't know, have those people to surround yourself with it makes it more difficult but i think there's perks to it for sure and there's obviously big downfalls
0: what what were the perks for it what do you what did you like about it
1: food absolutely food? food yeah um how historic a lot of the towns are you have like a big city center where there's almost no cars allowed i think that was cool uh-huh um, you know move by train i thought the tracks were were good not probably as fun as the usa tracks but i think i mean it's really not that different once you live there mm-hmm. just, if you learn if you learn the other language life would be super easy but yeah um like living in the netherlands you just if you knew dutch then yeah, it would be a walk. it almost be it wouldn't be that much different really
0: really okay
1: but, yeah I, after you live there you, you start to lose this the differences. Because when you first go, it's it's a big culture shock, like, wow, this yeah, and that. Yeah. But, yeah. but after you're there, it's like everybody still does the same thing, right? Go to sleep, go to work, and <laughs> then repeat the next day. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, yeah. For me, the inconvenience is it's inconvenience. I don't know, but maybe that's part because you don't know the language, you don't know where, where, where you're yeah. going, so it's not convenient,
1: right? I think if you'd spend some time there, you'd, you'd figure it out.
0: Nah, uh, maybe. Uh, FXR uh, Race Tech uh, Privateer Island Podcast, number ninety-eight with Marshall Weldon. FXR Racing, designed by racers for racers. Use the code PULPMX30 to save with that FXR racing on uh, just about anything those guys have. And Racetech suspension and motors from the folks there, uh, Ben LeMay, Michael Lessie, uh, Jerry Robin, all using Racetech. Uh, really appreciate that. Pulp 19 is the code to save. Namira Technology, pistons with an attitude. Uh, namira.com, N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Uh, fully visit your local dealer or more information about the innovative piston kits as well as their other product lines. Skosche, uh, com. Use the code Pulp 25 at checkout to save with Skosh. Uh, family family and operated Rockstar Husky, obviously using Sscosh. and also Maxis tires, AJ Canton AJ Canton's are all privateer hero using Maxis Tires and Supercross this year. So thanks to Maxis uh, as well for making it happen. Marshall Sscosh is gonna send you a little uh, privateer package for doing this show. so thanks to the folks at Sscosh. Yeah, I'll, I'll get nice. you, I'll get your information after the after the um after the podcast. so thanks to Sscosh for doing that. Um, speaking of Supercross, and A.J. Canzaro, it didn't go well for you, not anywhere near what you thought you would be. You worked with Brock Tickle, of course, before the year. Looking back on it, um, what what happened?
1: I think the bike was great. I think my fitness was great, and even my practicing was great. I just, when I got to the race, I kind of froze up. I didn't have the experience, and I, you know, it's like I could never really ride ride free or ride mm-hmm. to myself, and I did not have the whoop practice that I needed. I was out in California practicing the whoops, and you might as well just hit a straight away instead. Um, there wasn't much technique there, and I got to the East Coast and I practiced them at Club MX for about four weeks or so, but they uh-huh. weren't anything too gnarly. And then I just, when I got to the race, when I seen them all cupped out and huge, it was like a culture shock.
0: Weird, right? I mean, because yeah, I mean, like you said, I guess just nothing can prepare you for the ones at the race.
1: Yeah. Oh. I mean, when you get to the race, it's uh, it's a whole another, whole another deal.
0: Yeah. Um, you talk much to Covington, to uh, Big Air Tom, and his uh, his problems, his issues. Did you talk? Did you saddle up to him, and both of you go, "Holy shit, man, this is different." <laughs>
1: me and yeah, me and Tom still talk a lot. We're yeah. still really good buddies, but. He, uh, I don't think he knows himself.
0: Yeah. He,
1: yeah. We talked about and tried to diagnose him, and he's just at a loss. So,
0: I, I get, I get some of your issues because you're a full privateer. Uh, he was a factory guy with all those smart people that we talked about hanging out and trying to help him better, and never mind the supercross test tracks. And I'll never understand how he couldn't adapt. I'll never get that. It was a weird thing for him because he's better than that. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. He had a full, uh, full. Deal at the Baker's factory, and even with RC, and he—he's surrounded by, I think, the best people he could be surrounded with. So, I think it was just a mental block with him. Right. Uh, honestly, I can't tell you.
0: Yeah. Uh, for yourself, will you will you try it again?
1: Oh, I definitely will.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's
1: kind of hard to put it together as a privateer, but yep. I think I'd find a way. I already have my suspension bought now, so that's a huge, mm-hmm. huge uh, expense. If I could just stay on the KTM and use WP, then um i think i'd take a lot of my expenses out so
0: yeah so so, i
1: I do it a little bit differently now i I hired brock and we worked really well together but uh i mean i think i could probably save a little bit i mean fuck it was just super expensive with i I did that with the full twisted engine and i didn't go light but i i didn't want to look back on the year and be like oh if i would have just put this this much into here and try this and that then I, I didn't want to look back and have a regret on what I could have done. For sure. So yep. that's why I went all out with it. But I could do it again this year now knowing what I know now and yep. have a have a good program.
0: Um, Yeah, uh, from people I talk to, you're not scared to work hard off the bike. Um, you know, even even Crusty Phil will give you some credit for working hard, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so so that part is taken care of by the sounds of it. You know what you're doing off the bike. Um, and you're not scared to put the hours in and the miles in on that. So, yeah, you could just, you know, kind of put the rest of the package together obviously but brock was spoke highly about you and your work ethic and everything else so um yeah you just gotta you know get. uh, i I mean you gotta think you'd be better with more experience second year right
1: yeah i think so i mean i kind of screwed myself too i i got injured after the fourth round so it would have been able it would have been nice to get the whole series in and keep going but i yeah rj hampshire's track right before daytona I ended up sliding out over a 10 foot double and (laughs) I ended up fracturing my clavicle scapula Uh and I tore my labrum. So that was a quick season ender after round four. And I was really looking forward to making, you know, it seemed like every weekend was just maybe marginal five to 10% gains. yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I was feeling more and more comfortable, but um, that's how that stuff goes sometimes.
0: Yeah. So we'll see you as a privateer on the East coast and hopefully Canadian nationals right now, roughly in August, a late August. This is what the roughly the plan is, unless we can get a team to step up for for both, or for one, or the other, or whatever.
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, it's it's just a big big question mark right now, so I can't really confirm any of that. But right. I. If that, I, I have a feeling if I get a deal with a Canadian team, they're not going to want me to go race Supercross. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe a few, maybe a few West Coast ones I, which I would love, I would love to go do that. But right. by the sounds of everyone I've talked to, isn't very keen on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I could secure a Canadian deal, I'd put my main focus into yeah. just racing in Canada. That'd be the yeah, you know that that'd be the big focus. But I mean, dude, I, I just you you you,
0: yeah. you could be national champion. I mean, you weren't far off. You know, you know, you know It'd the tracks. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome to to go up there and make a little bit of a living doing that.
1: It's fun racing for a, a podium spot rather than, right. you know, even even this weekend, it's sweet getting eleventh, and it's it's cool to be in that range and with the factory guys. But to race for first rather than mm-hmm. race for tenth, you know, it's yeah, it's it's cool to actually be in front of everybody
0: <laughs> yeah no absolutely uh how's everything at fxr andy treating you well you liking the gear you liking the 2020 stuff
1: oh yeah andy's always awesome and uh brad Barron's actually just got hired to work for him too and i'm a big fan of brad big fan of everybody at fxr brad from
0: he... from evs
1: yeah Brad. Oh, okay
0: nice oh that's cool Good to hear that'll be good,
1: yep, no, Andy's taking care of me really well while you're yeah. I have nothing but good things to say about him.
0: Stuff looks good. I like the flow yellow, gray or flow yellow brown or what it, it's dark it's dark, and I like that stuff. It looks good
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's my my favorite look of the FXR stuff
1: yep, yeah, I got to meet milt this summer. We did the FXr ride day. It oh, was yeah. cool though yeah. to go ride with him, hang out with him, and we all had a good time together.
0: Well, that's ours. a Manitoba that's a Manitoba company. those are my stomping grounds, bro.
1: <laughs> manitoba
0: manitoba yep right there in winnipeg that's my that's my where i grew up so
1: that's your roots
0: yep uh fxr racing race tech uh suspension privateer island podcast number 98 with marshall welton brought to you by skosh namira and maxis uh thanks man i appreciate the time uh um good luck with everything i'm glad like i said i'm stoked you're a good dude i know you work hard from people that that mutually know each other and i'm stoked you could end you know with almost a top 10 and 450 national that that's that's good, man. I'm I'm glad.
1: Yeah, thanks. It's my pleasure doing it, and thanks for looking out for me. I appreciate it.
0: No problem, Marshall. Thanks. Thanks for the time. See you, man.
1: Yep. Have a good one. Yeah.
0: Yep.